Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Today I thought it would be fun to take part of my book that I'm writing about the 5G deployment plan. But first, I'd like to thank Tower Tracker Pro for sponsoring this program. That's right, TowerTrackerPro.com. What they do, they have a software as a service that will walk you through your closeout package when you're at the tower. So your tower crew can visit the tower once and get it right the first time. And they can have it verified, modified, and audit it before they even leave the tower by uploading the entire package and having someone back at the office look at all the pictures, Go through it step by step and make sure that all the metadata is in there. For instance, like the GPS, the time, date stamps, and all that. Make sure you have all that information in there. It walks you through step by step. And you can also see if the pictures are picture perfect. Making sure that you can see the serial numbers, the information for each sector. Alpha, Omega, and Beta. Alpha, Beta, Beta. Ah, you know what I mean. But anyway, each sector is perfect. So you want to make sure you have that for Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com. And specifically, I wrote a lot of business cases in this. For this, the medical and healthcare business case. So let's talk about building a 5G business case for healthcare. What do we have to do for that? Well, let me tell you. In healthcare, there's a lot of things you need to know about. One is privacy over the air, especially if you're going to pass medical records over the air. You have to worry about HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A. And I have a couple of links in there from corporatefindlaw.com, corporate.findlaw.com. And also from uh, Cisco had a few good articles about how to be HIPAA compliant. Because if you're going to work in the medical field and you're going to pass medical records, you have to be HIPAA compliant. And I go into what HIPAA is and everything, but if you're really interested in what HIPAA is, I have a link in there that explains it like this. What is HIPAA? And this is basically, it's not Wikipedia, but it's from cancer.org. The Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1966 that's HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, is a law that was created to protect millions of working Americans and their family members with medical problems. And what it is basically, the people often had trouble getting health insurance because of a medical problem. Well, anyways, it goes into more about how the records should be kept private and yet they should be shared. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but you have to be sure that the records are treated with great privacy measures, especially over wireless, because you don't want people stealing the records because if someone gets the records, they may not insure you. And that's that's where it all comes from. But HIPAA has so much more to do the, with, uh, with um, the, the patients and privacy. I'm not going to get into it because I don't fully understand the law. I can't really explain it in detail. I do know that when you have to deal with it in wireless, you have to be sure that you're HIPAA compli compliant and you have the utmost privacy for those, okay? So that's why I thought there's a lot of rules around sharing those files over Wi-Fi. So that's what I tried to put in the blog. It's a couple links to help you understand that better. So basically, I didn't have to explain it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have to explain too much of this. But first, let's take another moment to go over another one of my sponsors. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsors, Tower Safety and Instruction, found at towersafety.com. I'd like to thank them for all the good work they do in training. They're an accredited school out in Phoenix, Arizona, but they serve people nationwide for all your tower training, safety, and drone training needs. So what I want to concentrate on, I went over HIPAA real quick. I want to concentrate on the business case. So what I want to do is go over a couple different things for this. The first one I want to do is actually build your business case. What I generally do in the book, I go over five things. I want to make this clear so you understand it. First, I go over building the business case, your notes for building the business case. That's important because you have to understand the goal, who you're going to serve, who your customer or your end customer is going to be, and what you're trying to do, okay? Because it does matter, especially when you're building the business case. So I go over the business case notes to begin with. Then I go over coverage. What coverage do you need? Now, in medical, it's mostly in the building and campus. I'll get into that. Then I want to go over your goals and your growth plan for the system, okay? Then we come to the budget. Now, why did I put budget fourth? Because any of you out there know that everyone's going to ask you for your budget first. How are you going to determine your budget if you don't know what the business case of coverage and the goals and growth are? Seriously. So the final thing after budget is the spectrum. What spectrum can you use? Most of you probably think that's straightforward. And most of you probably have rose-colored lens. If you're in Wi-Fi, you think Wi-Fi. If you're in licensed, you think licensed. If you're in, say, millimeter wave, you think millimeter wave. But nothing could be farther from the truth. What you have to do is build your system around what the end customer wants and then decide what spectrum you want. Now, I know what most of you are thinking before I even get into this. 5G is not going to be just about what the carriers get. I know the carriers have, have had dominance on the spectrum. Well, let me tell you something. That's going to end with 5G, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, the carriers have already built out the nationwide networks for mobility. I mean, we've all seen the Sprint commercial with the guy for that used to be on Verizon telling us how the networks are within 1%. That's great for mobile coverage, but the reality is we're going to need something for what we're going to do for the special purposes for 5G. I have another post on network splicing, which I'll get into, but right now, medical and healthcare. So if you're in healthcare, you want to cover the hospital or the medical center, right? So when you build your business case, and again, I put stuff in there for HIPAA, but you want to think how you're going to serve the end customer and who is the end customer. For instance, is the end customer the patients? Are you going to provide the patients and the visitors Wi-Fi? It's pretty obvious, right? They want internet access, you're going to give them Wi-Fi. It's easy. I would say LTEU, but it's not quite there yet. At least, I don't know, in 2016 and the beginning of 2017, it's not quite there yet. So how are you going to serve the customers? Who is the customer? That's what I'm getting at here. The patients and visitors, they just need internet access. It's very straightforward, very easy. You can just put a path to the internet. That's easy. Now, what about paramedics? Again, this is mobile coverage and out, but the paramedics may need the data to treat the patient before they leave the scene or while they're on their way to the hospital. Can you imagine if they just had somebody's fingerprints and they could scan fingerprints in and then voila, they would know what allergies the patient has. They would know what problems a patient has. Are they diabetic? Are they a cancer patient? Why they collapse? They would have all that at their fingertips. How awesome would that be if they could have that? You know, they could have that now with smartphones, but I'm just saying with medical coverage, 
you know, maybe there'd be a dedicated network, something HIPAA compliant. Don't want to get too much into paramedics right now because that, that's more of a mobile thing. But what about emergency care centers or hospitals where the doctors would have instant access to data on a tablet anywhere in a hospital? Actually, a lot of them have this capability now. I'm just saying they could get the information immediately. They could retrieve the diagnosis immediately and update the treatment immediately. They could make changes in medication and everything as they're watching the patient. And I'll tell you one thing from uh, when my dad was in a hospital, a lot of patients are in there being treated for multiple things. So you could have someone looking at this remotely, understanding what the kidney doctor says, what the liver doctor says, what the heart doctor says, and what they all recommend. And then you could also find what medications clash with each other, or if you're going to give them a lethal dose of medication. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, there should be no excuse for this lethal dose medication in the future. We should have access to the records and be able to look at their diagnosis in real time and make changes in real time. It just makes sense to me. Okay, that was one thing. The next thing is a remote diagnosis could happen with accuracy. And now let me explain that. Virtual reality could send somebody a brain scan somewhere else in the world, in the U.S., in whatever state, country, world you're in, and they could look at it real time. I know most of you probably think real time isn't a big deal. What if they spot something where they need to go deeper, need to scan another section of the brain, the body, the heart, the lungs? They could do that while the patient is still in the MRI machine. You understand what I'm saying? They could do all of that. While the patient's still there, they wouldn't have to send them back to the room and schedule another another uh, scanning, which I think happens all too often. Why do I think that? Again, I know people, including my dad, but I know other people that are in a hospital. They do these ridiculous things, like they set them up for one, two, three days in a row, and getting time in the MRI machine is like a big deal. Getting time for whatever, their blood treatment, for their blood transfusion, for whatever they have. It's ridiculous how poorly planned a lot of these things are. So if you could just schedule with a doctor remotely that really knows what they're doing instead of just, and I don't mean any disrespect, but a lot of technicians go in and they do what they're told, they follow the procedure, and then they have to do it again the next day for the same patient in a different area. That's what I'm saying. So you could have everyone scheduled on the same schedule that doesn't have to be at the same hospital. They could be anywhere in the world. And I say virtual reality because it would take a lot of bandwidth, but I've done this for MRI companies before where they could scan it remotely, but they don't do it real time. There's a delay, there's a lag. I say do it real time. I say schedule it and send it out in real time. I say let the remote doctor see it as it's happening. That's going to be the best thing you can do. What's the next thing? The last thing I have on my list here for the business case, remote surgeries. They could happen with robotics and massive bandwidth. Now, it would take a lot of bandwidth for someone to see what's going on remotely and also understand what a robotic arm could do. If you don't think this is real, this is started. But what they do, they program the robotic arm ahead of time. It helps improve the speed of the surgeries. Now, if someone could remotely look at this and be monitoring this, you could have an expert halfway around the world while a local doctor operates with the help of this robotic arm. They could look at all the scans, and it would be almost like artificial intelligence is doing this with virtual reality, and the remote doctor could see what's going on and hear what's going on in real time. This makes 5G a game changer. Can you imagine? I mean, like, wow, remote surgery with a robotic arm. How cool is that? This is what we want to do with 5G. This is what we want to do with massive broadband. And I'll get into it later, but we don't necessarily need the carriers. We just need a good backbone 
And this is where we could really use millimeter wave. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Next, coverage. Now, the thing about medical coverage, unless they're paramedics, paramedics obviously need remote coverage. I'm not going to get into that here. What I'm going to get into is a hospital. What do you need in the hospital? How do you cover the hospital? Here's the thing about hospitals. They have a lot of lead-lined rooms. Okay, not a lot, but you know what I mean? They have a lot of x-ray rooms that are lead-lined for the protection of everyone not getting an x-ray. You don't want to zap everyone with x-rays, right? So you have a lead-lined room. That causes a lot of problems when you're trying to cover a building. And this goes all the way back decades ago. When I was doing paging, we had to worry about lead-lined rooms for coverage for pagers. The thing is, when you're doing coverage and you have a lead line room, you can't get around the room too easily. And if you're above or below it, you have to really think about the lead line room. It creates problems in a three-dimensional capacity. That's what I'm telling you. Make sure you have good drawings of the hospital, the specific building drawings if you can. The drawings aren't always up to date. The other thing you got to worry about is what lines are running through the building when you hook all this stuff up. And when you say what lines, I don't just mean electric I don't just mean water. I mean oxygen lines. Oxygen can cause explosions. So if your Yahoo's out there installing it, drill into an oxygen line, you got real problems. Understand how the lines run. Understand where they're at. Understand this for the installation. It's very important, especially when you're running all these wires and cables and everything. Now, the other thing I go into are medical centers, another building just as complex as hospitals. But the thing about medical centers the building drawings aren't always up to date. And I'm telling you this from experience because you could be going in a strip mall that's a medical center. They could have just threw everything in. They didn't update the drawings properly. Sometimes the construction guys make changes and they don't go back to the architects and have them update the drawings. Medical centers can be a real problem. The hospitals generally have their own maintenance crew and their own building engineers, and they're usually very good at updating drawings because they have a lot to lose. With a medical center, it's usually a lease property. Emergency care centers is next to my list. That's another place. You may think it's like a hospital. What they do, they're trying to alleviate the emergency room at the hospital. They have these remote emergency care centers, and they're a lot like medical centers. You may or may not have updated drawings. Surgery centers, on the other hand, I've seen are very good because they're usually, well, for one, a surgical center usually makes a lot of money. They have a lot of planning, and they take everything very seriously there because if they have problems, it's very serious. Now, that too could be in a strip mall, but I haven't had a problem with uh, surgical surgery centers. Now, there's also patient care centers, generally a strip mall, a doctor's office, they're pretty straightforward. And usually they don't need all the bells and whistles, but you never know. Administrative offices, again, straightforward, easy to figure out. Now, the next one I want to cover is a medical campus or the hospital grounds. Some hospitals have multiple buildings where you walk across a campus type environment. I'm bringing this up because what are you going to have outside? This is where HIPAA compliancy comes into play. You can't just have patients' records out there on the Wi-Fi system, you know what I mean, where someone can hack into it. It's very important that they're treated with confidentiality. On the campus, you may just have Wi-Fi. You may not have anything else. You may just have Wi-Fi, and then you may keep the important stuff locked in the building in specific rooms for specific doctors to use. And obviously, you have mobile coverage like for the paramedics. But again, you're going to have medical records there. They have to figure out how to pass that data securely. It's probably going to be more with an app or with uh, security applications. So I'm saying. Now, number three, goal. What is your primary goal? Why do I say this? Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to build a wireless system. Let me tell you something. There's more to building these wireless systems than just a wireless system, okay? That's why I bring up HIPAA compliancy. That's why I bring up the 
specific need or the job of this wireless. One, you could track equipment in the hospital. I didn't bring that up earlier. That's very straightforward, very easy, more of an internet of things. Hospitals can do this now, but generally they don't even think about it. Why is that so important? Well, let me tell you. I've seen this firsthand because I've helped hospitals with this. Generally, uh, I think it was Cisco that has RFID products in equipment that you can track. And it's pretty cool because the RFID is basically, I forget what the spectrum is, but it's basically tags that are on the equipment that basically allow you to track the equipment as it enters and leaves a room. See, what they usually have is through the doorways, they have a pulse that wakes these RFIDs up and it grabs the ID off of it. You know, it's just like your badge when you go in a building. Have you ever had a badge that allows you to go in a building? It's not quite like your Mac card, but it would be like uh, the badge that you hold up for, some people get gas with that, like Apple iPay or something like that. It sends a specific code out that lets you know that that code belongs to that particular, let's say card, device, whatever. Well, the RFID tags are there to track the equipment. So when it goes through a doorway or into a building, you know where it's at. If you don't think this is a big deal, I'm going to tell you, I live in Pennsylvania, right? So Harrisburg Hospital, Holy Spirit Hospital used to be the Paula Clinic. That's no longer there. It was bought by Harrisburg Hospital, I believe. But they had, they would lose equipment all the time. You know why? Because you have people that just park it somewhere they go off shift, the next shift needs it, nobody knows where it's at. By the next day or week or whenever the next person comes back, and, and these, a lot of hospital workers work 410, so they could be off three days. They could work 410 day, four ten hour days, and they could take three days off. Well, they don't remember where the equipment's at or where they left it, or even if it's still there, or the maintenance guy could have moved it because it was in the way. I'm serious. I, I, <laughs> I was at a hospital, it was full of equipment because the maintenance guy put it there. Nobody knew where it was. And I was like the savior because I could, I found like 20 pieces of, of, of like dialysis machines and um, like the remote dialysis. They're, they're hard to explain, but also heart monitor, just all these machines just parked in a room because the maintenance guy didn't want to deal with them. Well, nobody asked the maintenance guy where they were. So that's why you want to track equipment. This equipment, it's not cheap. It's not free. It costs money. That's a problem. If you want to build a system like that, it's a different type of system. And Personally, I worked on a couple Cisco solutions for this. Cisco has a great solution, but it's getting smarter and better as we come up with the Internet of Things and new devices. And I won't get into that right now. I'm just saying if that's your goal to track equipment, then build a system that can track equipment. The next one I have in my list is page doctors. Obviously, doctors need page for emergencies. They don't necessarily use their cell phones. They may have a pager. A lot of pagers are still accepted in the hospital because it's a one-way system that just blasts RF out to a device. That may be the way you want to go. Still pretty common in hospitals. Paging's still out there. You know, it still happens. Update patient records. In a lot of hospitals now, instead of the, the old charts they used to have, they may have like tablets or iPads or a droid tablet or something like that. That's very common in hospitals now because they want to update the information. However, it isn't necessarily on Wi-Fi or medical. Um, I'm sorry. It isn't necessarily on Wi-Fi or a carrier system. It could be on a dedicated spectrum inside the hospital. And that's because of HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A, HIPAA compliancy. So they might keep these records up to date. You might carry them with you very different, available in every part of the hospital. You have to know where the nurses, the doctors, any medical staff is going to be so they can get real-time data updated quickly, efficiently, and cleanly. That's what I'm saying. The next thing could be notify an alert when equipment leaves a section of the hospital. For instance, like theft. 
If something gets stolen, you want to know about it right away. I bring up HIPAA, but you know, if someone's going to steal something like that, they may have personal or important data on there that could be against the law. And again, I bring up HIPAA. HIPAA is very important. Uh, you may want to connect all the admin computers. That goes without saying. Now the admins may have a lot of laptops. And the reason I say that, because in a lot of hospitals, they have different people sitting in different places to watch over patients, to help people. If the emergency room has a, like they know an accident is coming and they have someone at the front door to guide the traffic, that could be there. So that's what I'm saying with that. You may have to connect these computers remotely, a laptop, a pad, you know, a tablet, whatever. Okay, internal wireless phone systems. I still see this, you know, they have these cordless phones that the nurses carry with them now. Now they're not quite cordless phones anymore. They carry a lot more tablets and pads with them than they do phones. Uh, the next thing is patient monitoring and tracking. You don't think this is a big deal probably because most people listening to this are pretty healthy. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a big deal. A lot of these patients get confused. They want to leave. They're, 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 they're angry. They're pissed off. They're they want, to, they want to just get out of the hospital. This happens more than you think. Or they could just be tracking someone. Or what if someone's out in the hallway, you know, they're taking a walk because their doctor told them they have to get up and walk and they have cardiac arrest in the hallway. You have to monitor that. How are you going to monitor that? You're going to set up the equipment to do it and you're going to take that very seriously. Now, in this case, it's purely data. It's purely what I would consider an internet of things play because it's purely data going back saying, patient, Number A10A4432 just had cardiac arrest in the hallway. Pick them up. Get out there, will you? That's what uh, you got to do for that because you're going to monitor their vitals. You're going to monitor their location. So you want to have a location-based system inside the hospital. The next one I bring up is the paramedics. That's mostly med uh, mobile coverage. And the reason I say it's mostly mobile coverage, again, it would probably be over a carrier system. I'm going to say this probably 10 more times, but a hospital does not have the budget to build a mobile system. I've yet to see that. If they do, wow. Good luck, fellas. Now, the other thing I'm thinking, and this is a, going out on a limb, but remote countries could have robotic surgeries and training using high bandwidth. Now, why do I bring that up under the goal? Because if your goal is to use artificial intelligence and virtual reality for the surgery to happen, then you have to plan for that. If that's your goal, that might be a very specific goal in a very specific area of the hospital. You might need 3D coverage. You might need video. Who knows what, what you would need to make that happen. But if that's your goal, that's going to take a lot more than a wireless system. It's going to take a lot more spectrum and it's going to take one hell of a backbone. T1's not going to cut it, fellas. Even a DS3, forget all that stuff. You know, you're going to need a gig backbone. Not only where you're at, but where the remote doctor's at. He's going to need it too. He can't wait for it. You know what I'm saying? I would even recommend like dark fiber, dedicated link, but that's probably not going to happen. It's just too expensive. Okay, number four, what is your budget? What is your budget? You, you, you went through one through three. By now, you should be able to build a budget based on hardware, needs, backhaul, and all that. Okay, so think about the system design. Think about how many users you're going to need. Think about the backhaul you need to support it. Determine your estimated usage. And I bring that up because if you're going to use it a lot, if you're going to use it daily, and if you're going to use it remotely, you have to know that. Determine what support personnel you will need to support and maintain the system. That's right, OPEX. Everything I went over so far was pretty much CapEx, but your OPEX, you have to maintain it. Are you going to do that with hospital staff? Are you going to have a knock? Are you going to pay for maintenance? Are you going to pay for support? All this matters. OPEX. 
X. Determine the warranty. Determine what updates you have to do throughout time. Determine everything you have to do to maintain that system and keep it up to the cutting edge of technology. You don't want it to fall too far behind. Also, determine the life cycle of the system. Technology moves very quickly. Trust me. You see it. Let me ask you something. How many phones have you had in the past five years? How many updates, upgrades, improvements? How many iPhones? How many droids? How many different phones have you had in the five years? Years ago, we used to have one piece of equipment or a laptop for years and years and years. And trust me, I'm one of them. I had a laptop for like 12 years. I didn't want to give it up. Now, it's like I have two laptops sitting in front of me and I got two different purposes. And I also have like two Kindles. I know they're Kindles, don't make fun of me, but I do like the Kindle sitting to my side. I gave my old one to my wife. I got a new one because the old one just doesn't work anymore. They can't, they only update them for so long, people. Think about the life cycle and be realistic. Like five years is a pretty good life cycle. Now, why do I bring up life cycle? Because I've done work for hospitals. Hospitals maintain stuff for way too long. You know why? Because stuff is expensive in a hospital. I get it. That x-ray machine from 75 Hey, if it still works, that's fine, but they have to update them now. You know why? Because you don't want your x-rays to come out in those big, flimsy, floppy, black and white things anymore. You want a digital representation of it. Hospitals have it tough because everything's going digital and they have to upgrade. I don't know what your dentist is like, but my dentist recently just upgraded everything. Everything's digital. They can email you stuff. They have your x-rays actually on a, on a monitor now. And when I say monitor, it's pretty nice. You know, they got everything right there. It does it right to the monitor. There are no actual pictures anymore. Get that out of your head. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is Spectrum. I bring up, I wasn't going to put this in here, but Spectrum has to be thought through. And I put it after budget because, you know, it'll probably be part of your business plan, but you really have to think about what Spectrum you're going to have. Why do I say that? Patient coverage, Wi-Fi, LTE, you. I mean, honestly, what more would you have for patient it just makes sense to have Wi-Fi or LTE, something that's on the smartphone that patients can access easily and readily. Pretty obvious, right? The next thing for in-building special services. Now, depends what you're doing here. When I say in-building special services, if you have a robotic arm that's doing operations and you have a remote doctor watching what it's doing and trying to make adjustments, or if you have a remote, like for something like that, you would want low latency, massive bandwidth. If remote doctor is looking at MRIs of a patient while the MRI is happening, again, massive bandwidth, you wouldn't need really low latency. You'd want it in check, but again, you'd need massive bandwidth. I'm just saying millimeter wave would be perfect for this. Wi-Fi, not so perfect because if you're sharing it, you don't want to share it. It would have to be a dedicated Wi-Fi or LTEU spectrum in there. I would truly recommend millimeter wave once it becomes available or you just want to hardwire it in. Obviously, I'm a wireless guy, so my rose-colored lenses are wireless, but for anything like that, you would want the most bandwidth you could get. And I would say right now, in my world, that's millimeter wave. Now, if you have campus or outdoor coverage, you'd probably have something like Wi-Fi or LTEU or something you put outside. HIPAA regulations would play into effect. You probably couldn't share records over it. If you have remote monitoring or anything like that there, you'd have to be very careful with that. Uh, Security is a big deal. Mobile coverage, hey, I don't know what to tell you. It'd probably be handled through a carrier. Deal with it that way. Just be aware of your public safety. Maybe FirstNet someday when they deploy their 700 megahertz spectrum, if that ever happens, 
they could do it, maybe. Maybe they could be HIPAA compliant, although I don't see it. They're pretty cheap. All right, there you go. I covered the main things. I just want to go over a few things for you, for all you guys planning any type of uh, deployment out there. It's sort of fun to think of 5G that way, and I just want you guys to realize that you got to put a little thought into this. You can't just wing it. Oh, I can't think of anything else for you guys. Uh, again, I'm going to have the 5G deployment handbook coming out soon. I'll get that out as soon as I can here in January. I'm working on it now and I'm going through editing and everything. I just want you guys to be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya! Don't forget, you have the wireless deployment handbook out there. That's right, at wadeforwireless.com. You have the wireless deployment handbook that is on sale now, and now it's available in paperback on Amazon. Can you believe it? Wireless deployment handbook, available on Amazon in Kindle version and paperback, and also available in PDF. Go ahead, check it out, wadeforwireless.com. Mm -hmm.